I think it's pretty crazy. I don't know that. It seems that people nowadays are constantly talking about the dangers. Ooh. The dangers of technology. I just hope I don't get sucked into this phone. I think these phones are taking over my life. They're showing me all my advertisements. I went to Duluth Trading yesterday and bought some socks. And when I got home, there was a flannel shirt advertisement on my Facebook page. It's like, uh, that's exactly what's happening. Um, Everything you purchase, everything you do uh, audibly, anytime your phone is out, it's recording... Anytime you go into a business that has Wi-Fi, it's tracked. All of these things are happening in order to sell you flannel underwear from Duluth Trading or a kayak or some crap like that. And what's so crazy to me, though, about this is if you're legitimately scared, if you're actually scared about whether or not having... our phones or social media or I don't even know what the part people are scared of. I think it's more like, man, last night I had a family dinner and, you know, Tammy just looked at her phone the whole time and her mom just looked at her phone the whole time. And, you know, Barbara, I went over to Barbara's house. She was on her phone the whole time. It's like, and then Barbara will look up from her phone and be like, hey, did you see what happened yesterday in, you know, Taiwan? And you're like, No. Well, apparently, it's like, yeah, I, you know, I don't even know where Taiwan is very, very much. And not to be like anti-Taiwanese or whatever. It's just that I came over to your house, Barbara, to ask if you had a trash bag. And you started talking to me about the atrocities of Taiwan, you know. And that's great that you're aware, but... It'd be even better if you were aware of what I asked you for, which was a damn trash bag, Barbara, to put your head in. Um, So, but I guess what I'm saying is, I think it is so strange that we have the thing that we're so afraid of, the thing that, and I'm in that group. I think that, um, number one, I think that like, just having a, a phone I don't think it's a bad thing to have a phone attached to you kind of but just the part where it's like uh, the expectation of constant communication yet the majority of said communication means nothing so it's not really communication you know it's And it takes away, I've been arguing about it for years with whoever will be in the room with me while I rant about things that don't probably matter in Taiwan, Um, but they do matter here, and so I rant about them. And so, depending on what you do for a living, here's the part that people do not, to me, at least the people... A majority of people in my life 
so far, which is not long enough to have any kind of wisdom, but, you know, just right there in the middle where I can talk about how weird I think people are, I guess, um, is people have no context of what anybody else actually does unless they've actually done it. So, meaning, like, I have no context of what this semi-truck driver's daily life is or weekly life is or monthly life is. And his life is going to vary, you know, even wildly to somebody else who drives for the same company or somebody else who delivers the same goods that this guy delivers. And they're going to have totally different lives. But at least the act of the job of driving a semi. Now, I can assume, I have my assumptions of observations I've made and just whatever tiny bit I've been around the industry of long-haul trucking. And listen to me. If you're listening to me right now, you're listening on some sort of device that has speakers. Maybe you're driving. Maybe you got earbuds in. Maybe you are listening in a sauna in frickin' um, Norway. You know what I mean? Maybe you got a new Bluetooth, sauna Bluetooth in Norway, and you and Einsa Weinsa, you got a couple of your Einsa Weinsa buddies, and you guys are just getting your giblets warm in a sauna right now. However you're listening, if it got there, in this country especially, but if it got there, it got there by truck. So thank you, truckers, everybody. I want to thank the truckers. Um, but I don't know sh- anything about, like, just the stresses of, being a trucker, I gotta imagine it'd be like, well, you gotta drive to Idaho tomorrow, and then you know you got way stations and you got paperwork that you gotta check your truck over and secure your load and check your load and check in and watch your daily logs and you know I could probably have a conversation with a trucker and kind of navigate my way through it and maybe even be right about the responsibilities of a trucker but I don't until you actually you know are on a deadline and trying to get something from Idaho to Kansas within seven hours and you know you got so many miles to go and you're really going to be on pressing it and you got a kid who's you know got freaking leukemia or something and I don't know what I'm saying is to have somebody then dictate like, well, here's the problem with truckers, or I guess in my example, to have somebody call you and be like, where are you? That would be my wife. So we could spend six days, let's just make it an even six days, we could spend the even six days every night of the week as I'm long haul trucking, and probably when we first got married, more specifically, but you know, let me just continue. Then we'll dissect it a bit. I'm not trying to be unfair, I guess, is my point. Um, but had we just got married, so say that it's 2008 or nine, whatever year my wife and I got married, and I'm a long-haul trucker. And so I leave and I go to Idaho, and my wife calls me, and she's like, Hey, I just want to remind you that your daughter, who has leukemia, has a high school recital tomorrow. It could be her last one. 
I guess it would be your high school. Let's just say that I had an adopted high school daughter that I already had before my wife and I got married in 2008. Okay? So if you can live with that premise. And I would say, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I know she called me. She told me that she was playing the lead in the play. She's like, okay, I just wanted to remind you. I said, That's fine. Thank you. Then she'd be like, what are you having for dinner? And I'd be like, oh, I just got a couple of corn dogs at Love's. It was two for $3. And she's like, oh, that sounds good. And I'm like, no, they're corn dogs from Love's. I mean, they're the best thing I've ever had, sure. But I also am aware that they are undigestible, you know. I just ate two freaking hot, hot bricks out of a warming cabinet, display cabinet, with sticks sticking out of them. Um, but then the next five nights, my wife would call, and she'd be like, hey, Hey, before I go, I just want to call to say I love you, and I hope you had a good trip today, and you dropped off the potatoes, and I'm sorry you had a flat tire. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It's like, hey, before I go, just remember, Cynthia's got her uh, leukemia play on Saturday. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. I'll be there. Don't worry. I didn't forget. And then there might be a time when we're driving, I'm filling up at, you know, at Love's or whatever, and, you know, it's day three of being gone, and she's like, I miss the call. Then I get a voicemail. It's like, hey, I know you're filling up. Um, just calling to check in. Just to, Oh, don't forget, uh, I did get reminded that Cynthia's thing is on Saturday. And my point is, I was aware of Cynthia's leukemia play when Cynthia told me three months ago. And it's been there. And having a reminder is great. And maybe having a couple reminders is even sufficient. But... Eventually, you get to the point of, what more do you want me to know? Like, if every time you've called me is to remind me of something that I'm already aware of, then you call me for no reason. And if it's just to say hi, then that's fine. And that's what my wife does now. She'll just call me like, hey, it's just to say hi. I don't need anything. And it's like, that's great. Because for the longest time, you, you would make up things and... Or come up with things. Uh, maybe makeup sounds bad. Come up with things that are important, like the leukemia play, but forgetting that, you know, Cynthia matters to me too. I gave her leukemia, you know, by being her dad, her adopted dad. Um, oh, so anyways, my point was this. There's no communication in that. So I don't know, I guess, you know, because the technology exists, and because I'm a, still a member of society and a husband and a, and a parent, you know, you don't want to, because it exists, it's like, I guess I would always have this phone on my side in case there was something that happened, you know, just like there wasn't freaking phones for the longest time until they put satellites in horses and then the cowboys got cowboy phones, but up until then, there was no phones. And so once cowboy phones turned into home phones, I'm sure there was people that grew up without the Southwestern Bell box in their kitchen that when the Southwestern Bell box, the phone, got plugged into their kitchen, they are like, why do we even have this thing? It's bullshit. 
The only person that ever calls is your sister, and all she ever wants to know is if we're coming over on Sunday. And, of course, we are. We go there every Sunday. You know, that kind of thing. We don't even need this. And, and to a certain extent, maybe they were right. Like, 99. It's almost like insurance back then. It's like, well, I guess in case, you know, Jesse goes down to town and he catches syphilis from one of the gals down there at the at the saloon and he's too ashamed to go, you know, and he kills himself samurai style because he's too ashamed to come home and I'd like to hear that phone call from the deputy down there saying that Jesse Dunn killed himself pretty good samurai style because of the syphilis from the ladies down here at the at the saloon. Just wanted to give you a call. Like, that's a good call. That's an insurance call. I might have talked my way out of the point here. I guess my point is I don't mind. That would be like I think I would be okay with that. Like, our limit on phones is this. Um, They're just on you, and they're used to just call people when you need something. Or just to say hi. You can even say that. Hey, just call in to check in. That's it. But I don't think that that's what happens with anybody younger than me or even my age, and maybe even older now. I think it's all infiltrated even. You know, most of the time the new technology just isn't new technology to people who grew up with it. It's just life. It's not even technology. It just is what it is. I didn't consider microwaves technology when I was growing up because when I was born, thank goodness, we had a microwave. I had a way to heat up. Um, Whatever that hamburger helper. You know what I mean? You get home late. Could you imagine trying to heat up Hamburger Helper without a microwave? I mean, as leftovers. I'm not talking about you got one pan, one hand, and one happy family. One, you know what I mean? You got, I got Hamburger Helper. Initially, you cook it on the stove. It's a stovetop dish. I'm not freaking, you know, I'm not a liberal. I, or I am a, I'm a libertarian. I'm not a Nazi. I cook my Hamburger Helper like everybody else which is on over wood a wood fire stove but when you're reheating that you don't get the damn wood out you don't light a damn fire you know you don't what do you do you put it in the microwave and you make the outside really hot and the inside still cold that's what you do but I didn't as a five year old be like oh hello friend do you want to come check out my kitchen full of technology Everyone had a damn microwave. But in the 70s, in the 60s, when somebody got a microwave, neighbors would come over. People wouldn't trust it. People would throw holy water on it. People didn't trust this new technology. But you let it stick around a while and you see what it actually can do. It can cook popcorn. It can heat up soup. It can, you know, bring some life to fast food. So, okay, we'll let the microwave stay. What, is, what do freaking cell phones do, buddy? You know, is it great to be able to listen to music all day? Absolutely. You could do it with a damn uh, iPod, though. You know, you could do it with... We had a technology that allowed us just for music. And it was beautiful. And it took time, and so you actually had to care about the songs that you were putting on there. You didn't have a wallet filled with every song in the world, even songs you're not aware of. You had to go find these damn songs. You had to get recommendations. Maybe you had a playlist of 130 or something, and you thought this is the greatest. But no, it sucked ass. 
That's a bunch of stained songs, you loser. Here, check this out. It's Lifehouse. You know what I mean? And then you get into that Lifehouse game, and then you get into Meatloaf, and then you get into Van Morrison. I don't know what the trajectory is. I'm just saying that you start adding stuff back then on an iPod, and you were limited. Not anymore. Not That's not what happens. There's unlimited. So it's unlimited knowledge, unlimited access to that knowledge. And so with that as like the baseline that we have an unlimited just any question you have the answer is there now if you google it is the first answer what google tell possibly but possibly not there will be a part where you have to use that big thing that you used to call a brain on the top of your shoulders and try to figure out which is real and which works for you and how to use it and whatever. Because that goes back to what I'm saying with the truckers. Because there is a set of instructions, the set of instructions on how to be a trucker is going to be different from the set of instructions from one trucker to the next, even if they work for the same company. And so how to discern what is usable information for your own particular circumstance and what is bullshit for your own particular circumstance is the part that the human brain needs to be jumped in and then you can actually use the information that you're getting. It's a long way of saying this. If people would, you know... Be like that wedding song where you go to the left, you go to the right, you know, and it's like, crisscross, everybody clap your hands. You know that song? But at some point in that song, they go, take it back now, y'all. You know what I'm saying? They take it back. So in the middle of a hip-hop wedding song, even this urban stylist, this urban poet, even in his poetry, he says, now take it back Take it back now, y'all. And people do on the dance floor and in life. They take it back now, y'all. And so what I'm saying is if you're like, I hate technology. I think that social media and online bullying and the mental health uh, problem that's going on in this country and the hyper-awareness of global events that cause anxiety – even though you're worrying about a world that you can't control, doesn't affect you, and it's a distraction to um, persuade you to trust in a bigger force, whether it be the government or uh, whatever, to help you with this problem. Because now you're aware, like, oh my God, there's a conflict going on in... Russia and the Ukraine? Holy crap. I hope our country sends them money or weapons to fight them. We wouldn't want that. It's like, well, what do we know about Ukraine? Well, I know that the Russians aren't good. You're a trucker. What do you know about the... Well, no, but in school I learned about... None of us know shit. We shouldn't be allowed to know these big things. Or if we are allowed, we should at least educate our and not get it from 
headlines on social media, on, a, on some sort of app where nurses twerk. You shouldn't be able to see a nurse twerk in a bikini or a, or a Naval Academy officer disrobe into their bikini, twerk for you, and then the next little video you see is some guy telling you how uh, United States drones are infiltrating Russian airspaces or whatever the hell, and then the next one's aliens are taking over. It's like, that's way too many big catalysmic, is that a word? Uh, cataclysmic? I think that's the word. Cataclysmic. That's a good word. Using it right now. Cataclysmic. Um, difference. It's a, It's such a huge jump from twerking uh, uniformed officers or de-uniformed officers twerking to drones to alien like those are huge things and you can throw gun control and abortion and all these other craps that also gets mixed in in the same feed that somebody might have and then at the end of it, it's like well and then I'll buy your flannel underwear and it's like what the hell just happened like because what will happen to you is somebody will be like, hey, man, can you check Facebook? I saw a post on – and you get on and you scroll for 15 minutes and you're like, I don't even know what the hell just happened. That can be an Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is. So what I'm saying is this. Keep the technology, but use it for what you actually say. Are you scared of this shit? Are you scared of – technology? Are you scared of online bullying? Are you scared of uh, fake news? Are you scared of all these different things? You know, whatever it is that's on that little black mirror you hold in your hand. Are you scared of it? Okay. Well, good news. On that little black mirror, all you have to do is type in it at some point. And I've never typed this, but all I have to do is type this. How to grow a garden. How to grow watermelon. How to pick a fruit and then type how to grow that. Pick a vegetable. How do you grow that? Pick an animal. How do you grow it? Pick anything in the world you want to eat. How do you make that? Buddy, you now have the ability. It, that's the part that I think people are missing. You have the ability to live whatever life you want to live. In the same way that we used to, without all the crap, yet you don't have to go through all of the headache and the trial and error that those before you went through because the how-to guide is right there in your pocket. Could you imagine if you were like um, one of the damn Plymouth Rock fellas, the... the you know, you just were on a boat, whether it's slave-powered or not, you you got on the Pinta or the Santa Maria, and regardless if, if you were even paddling the oar, but say that you were, it does not really matter. The point is that you trekked in a just, the only known that you had when you left your port in Europe was, we're going that direction. That's it. That's the only knowledge you had. Now, the rest of it was bullshit that was said to you by some other person. Some other sailor, some other explorer, some other captain. 
it's hearsay. It's just another person that said, well, I heard the captain say that we're going to a place that's got all kinds of avocados. And you'd be like, what the hell is an avocado? Apparently, it's some sort of snaked fruit. That's right. It's a slithering fruit in this new country that we're going to that's that direction. And then you get there and you go, I didn't see a damn slithering fruit, but I saw that, that, well, that snake in the tree that that Indian called a water moccasin. I saw that. They call it a water moccasin because, well, you get it. That's where the kid, yeah, you get it. So, anyways, once you got here, once you fought the end, once you started to um, become a homesteader, I guess, to start to build a future in America in an unknown territory with unknown stuff and then have to figure out what are we going to eat? You know, you brought a bunch of biscuits and crap from Europe, but you can't just live off biscuits. So you look around and you go, I guess we can try to eat that. And you shoot, you know, you shoot a skunk. You go, ah, this tastes like crap. You shoot a, then a big old condor comes in, starts eating the skunk. You shoot a condor, you realize it tastes like crap. And eventually you figure out the foods that taste good and, you know, the animals you have to kill. What I'm saying is you don't have to figure any of that crap out anymore. All you have to do is be very specific. I want to live in Montana. I want to live on four acres in Montana. I want to grow um, tomatoes and watermelon and I want to make my own cheese and I want to grow my own beef. And I want to do all this stuff. And then guess what? You don't need anything else. That's the part that people don't want to say anymore. The rest of it is bullshit. You need to eat. You need to sleep. And that's about it. And you need to have somebody to like a a shared experience. It's fun. It's funner, I guess. That could be a spouse or a, a kid or a friend or whoever it is, but you need that human connection of either trading ideas or thoughts or arguing or or romance or whatever it is. You got to have those things. I think that that's essential. And if you just um, so, I guess what I'm saying is, if had we, it seems like sometimes we just always keep moving forward in our. Like, yeah, well, I'm not going to be a farmer. That's what people used to do. I don't have to farm anymore. Let's find a new way to farm. And only very limited, like people who are entrenched in an industry are doing things with technology in that industry. And the general population doesn't even know it. Like, I'm not aware of everything that is on a brand new combine now. But they're probably self-driving or at least very close to be self-driving combines and self, you know what I mean? They have, I don't know if that's better. All I know is that when John Deere and Case Newholland and all these different companies started hearing about GPS technology and they went to work on ways that they might be able to utilize it within their industry... What I'm saying is 
the reason that we have their industry is because people started finding better opportunities as they moved out of the agricultural industry into the industrial age and then ultimately the technology age. And it's like, guys, we still need the ag stuff or I think what happens or what is happening is we're all going to be replaced by robots, guys. Um, I don't know why we're not totally – I mean, I don't know the percentage of jobs, but we know for one trucking is out. Elon Musk has told you that a decade ago that he's going to build a cyber, cyber truck that – and so that's out. That's gone. Amazon and Tesla are going to run commerce. They're going to run the goods industry. Um, uh, the majority of that stuff will be from other countries. And, the, and their industrial factories is not going to come from here and... The things that do come from here are going to be these huge robotic just farms of buildings that produce garbage that we buy. And But we're not going to be able to – what value do we have? If we're not helping the technological, technological age advance in any way, if we're not going to educate ourselves on ways to – um, develop new uses for either current technology or to ha- try to advance technology in some way. If we as humans, meaning me and everybody I know, that's not a damn computer engineer or not in the computer sciences, what are we going to do? It's like, well, I work at a factory. Well, now you don't. Well, I work at an airport. Now you don't. Well, I work at a fast food. Now you don't. Guys, these are all robotic jobs. Anything that you can teach... Easily, especially, but anything that you can teach, I think, will be robotic. So, and a lot of people might say, that's good, I don't have to do anything anymore. They're going to send me a check. It's just going to send us a check to pay for our crappy house that's bought for by Amazon. We got our Amazon houses. We get our Amazon check that we get to use to spend on anything we want on Amazon. And that's what it is. And it's like, but I want to get rich. Well, for what? Why do you want to get rich? So I can live where, you can live wherever you want to live. As long as it's an Amazon house. What level are you? It's like, well, I'm a tier three. Okay, so you're one of the guys that... um, Rides the bicycle that powers 15 robots. Yeah, I ride the bicycle for three hours, and then I take a break because I like to watch my shows, and I get on social media. Then I will, I, you know, so in my eight-hour day, I probably put about 13 miles on my bike, and that's enough to power a robot for about 13 minutes. Okay, yeah. Um, great. You do a great job. So you're a Tier 4, actually, um, which means you can pick from any of these homes, Tier 4 homes. We might be a long ways from there. But I do think that that's where that side's headed. But the part that I'm, um, I guess, yelling or telling people is it doesn't have to be that way. Um, We can just go back to the way it was. Sometimes people will, like, 
start thinking like, well, why don't we go back to the way it was when I was when I was a kid? It was nobody gives a crap what it was like when you were a kid, whoever you are, including me. Like when I was a kid, we used to have to download music. Who gives a crap? What I'm saying is all of this crap is killing the human experience. And the human experience is supposed to be a daily struggle. Struggle to, for, for everything, uh, a balancing that a robot can't do. How do you keep your wife happy, your kids happy, your coworkers happy, your business running, your, the job that you work at running good, your manager happy? How do you do it all and keep a positive attitude and be happy with yourself? That's the human struggle on a day-to-day basis. And I think that when my generation and older, yes, when all of us were younger, it was much easier because other the people around you's opinion, meaning your family's opinion, was not influenced by some sort of outside source. So now you could say, well, then they just were dumber or less enlightened. And I would, I think that most people would have agreed with you, like, pre the past 15 years. You'd be like, yeah, it's definitely a good thing that people have access to all this information. It's going to make them much smarter and more enlightened. But instead, what has happened is, because it... In this country, it all comes back to the dollar, and it all goes back to who has the most dollars, and that all goes back to how they can make more dollars, and that all goes back to, well, who gives a shit what happens with how we're making this money? And so it's all advertising and manipulation and spam and bullshit on all of the social media, throughout all of the internet, throughout all of the web browsers and search browsers and news sources and Everything is bullshit, so you're not getting more enlightened. You're getting more, I don't even like, call, I'm not going to call it fake news. You're getting more propaganda. It's just bullshit. And maybe you're able to decipher it, or you think you are, but you don't know what little seeds got planted in your head, and where, and when, and how, in the context that you were in when you got them planted in your head. And it makes you... It makes everyone, I think, who has any kind of opinion susceptible to an argument with somebody who has an opposing viewpoint and yours is based on bullshit you might have read. And you might even be talking to somebody. So, like, you could have... My wife does this to me all the time, and not if that's a bad thing, but I might say, I'm feeling like this, and then she'll cite some article or story or something. And in my mind, it's like... Yeah, none of that matters. I'm just telling you how I feel right now. I just let you know my leg hurts. Well, maybe have you thought, have you drank any water? Or there could be a sign that you have, you know, a bad earlobe. Does your earlobe hurt? Does your ear bleed? You know, like, or my leg hurts, you know, because I ran over it with a mower today or whatever, whatever it is. Oh, I tweaked it getting out of the truck because I landed on a, on a freaking banana peel, you know, O'Doyle rules. So, I guess my point there was this. Um, if you want things to be simpler, to be easier, 
you have to remove the things that are our problem. Like if it's if you're bitching, God, I got a four hundred dollar cell phone bill. You know, um, get rid of it, all of it. It's not your job. Get rid of it. Why are you? And then, but people get stuck. It's like you get stuck with the same insurance. You get stuck with the same cell phone plan. You get stuck with the same um, job. You get into these little tiny prisons, and they just add up. You know, your Hulu contract starts intertwining with your Fitbit contract and your Patreon contract, and your all this, and it becomes this big mess of bullshit. And all of a sudden, you're your monthly credit card statement is all of this, you know, thousands of dollars. And you're like, geez, and you feel overwhelmed and all this bullshit. And what was it all for? And it's like, well, you know, you want a nice house to fit in. You want a business to be proud. You want, and then you realize nobody else, they're all search. They're all searching for that same thing. And, Nobody gives a shit when you get yours. You know, if you have the nice house, you think, well, this is great. Nobody cares anymore because how can they? <coughs> They're too busy looking at how do I, you know, how do I make it in this world when what is money? What is anything? Read the news. It's like, well, we sent $800 billion in weapons to... 800 billion? What the hell are you talking about? 800 billion. 800 million. It's like, you can't just... Those are two wildly different things, buddy. And we're not supposed to know them. Because it's too much for us, you know, that are struggling to make 30,000 a year or 40 or 60 or 100 to know about people that are making millions off of nothing. Off of the struggle. That's somebody making 30000 Off the backs. So, anyways. Hi, welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Conrad. This is the Connie G Show. Um, if you're hearing that background noise, that is the sound of a 2000 Ford F-250. That's a Power Stroke diesel, everybody. 7.3 liters, 16.2 quarts of Rotel Diesel Oil 1540 if you guys are looking to do an oil change on a 7.3 anytime soon that's what you'd need um, yeah welcome welcome to the show I'm an idiot my name's Conrad um, I run a taco shop in Davenport and I don't make enough money doing that that I also drive back to Kansas once a week and mow grass with um, friends and family I'll say that, friends and family. And so you're catching me at one of those times when I'm driving back from Kansas to Oklahoma. It's approximately 10.45 p.m. And, um, you know, I got to get up at, at 6 and make the damn donuts or 6.30. So that's kind of been the schedule over the past few months um, and what I was saying I mean I guess I got a couple of things I'll finish 
my long thought of nothingness. And thank you guys for listening to it. I uh, hope you agree or disagree. Uh, doesn't matter. But I do want you to have a thought. Uh, that matters. I guess the feeling I have is sometimes I think that it doesn't matter what it is. If it's living like a minimalist lifestyle, the ability to do so, just the access to do so, is at your fingertips. I mean, finding a cheap piece of land, finding a tiny home, learning how to grow a small, sustainable garden, um, riding a bike, finding a job that's probably low entry level, low paying, like at a Dollar General or something, and being able to ride your bike a few days if you need money. Maybe you don't need any money if you grow your own food and paid for your tiny little house. You know, what, what else do you need? And that's the part that's curious to me. It's like, what else do you need? And the, the crappy answer is, like, that we don't ever want to admit as Americans or as humans in this century is we don't really need much more. I mean, you want to have clothes and you want to be clean, so you want running water, and I kind of put that all in the home thing. And the rest of it is is security. That's the part that we always get hung up on. How much do we need? And and so you sit there and you chase this freaking ghost, man. You chase a damn money ghost, a security money ghost. And we're told this crap from the time that we are able to comprehend. You know, you learn about, you hear about life insurance and insurance and savings accounts but nobody really aside from the obvious definitions of the words nobody really explains how any of the shit works and then nobody else pulls you aside and says by the way you don't need any of this shit which is what people should be doing because you don't You don't. I think that if you found I don't know. I guess it's just a purpose. I guess what the thing is is purposes had shifted. You know, it used to be keep my family alive. That was the purpose. And I'm just talking like from the settlers on. I don't know. And even then I don't know shit. I'm just hypothesizing uh, uh, based on my tiny human experience what mindsets might have been back then but you're you know you're living in a house with no electricity and all you care about is farming having food and shelter and water that's it and if you got through that what more do you need and you, you are able to do that without any information at all. Like, that's what I'm saying. You're able to make a living, meaning be alive and raise a family. I think you're still able to do that without any knowledge, any 
Because you're going to instinctually do it. Because you don't want to die. So you're going to find water. You're going to drink a bunch of water that's not good for you. You're going to find a bunch of berries. You're going to... I guess my thought was I was watching Naked and Afraid or a preview for it. And and it's like, ah, how do these people do it? It's like, that's how everybody did it. That's just how everybody did it. We watch shows where unlucky people sign up for a reality TV show and go strand themselves in some far east corner of the world by themselves in some cave and, and struggle for a few weeks until they give up. You know, that's what Naked and Afraid is. And my thought is, dog, we were all naked and afraid in previous life, meaning ancestors of ours, people who came over here on those ships, they're damn naked and afraid, and yet they made it work. Then they just kept building. But that doesn't mean that the way they lived was not the right way to live. Sure. They had some questionable choices about human rights. We can all agree on that, guys. But living a simple life, like as depicted in a lonesome dove or a dances with wolves or whatever, living a simple life is attainable and doable and should be easier to do now than ever because of the amount of... If you want to fuck live in Oregon, you can just type in Oregon on Realtor.com and you can just filter out all of the results to where it's exactly what you're looking for in the area you're looking for. You know, you could just filter all that out. That's an incredible tool. I want to live here. Why? Or just search, what do you really like? I like, I like gigantic trees. Can you show me places where gigantic trees are in the world? Then if you don't want to commit, you could always get an Airbnb. And stay there and see if you like it for a few days or a few weeks. And if you're a, just an average member of society, you can probably afford a pretty low-limit credit card of four or 5000 to just book the trip and then just go. And even if you have to pay it off over years, who gives a crap? Nobody does anything. They just sit in the same town and go, I just don't know what's going on. Yep. Trump. Biden. Bush. Obama. Romney. Reagan. Things are, things are, at least ain't as bad as Carter. At least ain't as bad as Reagan. At least ain't as bad as Bush. At least ain't as bad as Clinton. (coughs) At least they ain't bad. They're not bad, guys. But the dirty secret is this. The reason nobody does it is this. It sucks. It sucks. Working at Amazon sucks. I want to go be a minimalist and live out in a field in a trailer and be paid for in Oregon by huge trees. And you get there and you realize gardening sucks. Taking care of your crappy trailer sucks. Feeding your crappy, unappreciative kids sucks. Talking to your wife about what you're planning to do with the garden sucks. It all sucks. Because it all does. So then what do you have to do? What's the answer? 
you got to pick whatever one it is that don't suck so much or whatever one it is that you really want. Anything. If it's, I just always wanted to be the guy that lived in Oregon. That's a good enough reason. I don't know. I guess that was just a very, very long way of saying I wish people, instead of complaining about their phones, would use them to fix the thing they're complaining about. It's kind of like when you see... Um, excuse me, I had a big booger stuck in my throat. You see those um, posts on... I see them a lot because I'm... With the taco shop, we're involved in all these little community groups on Facebook, whether it be Davenport or Chandler or Stroud or Sparks or whatever little town in Oklahoma. Each one of these towns has their own small town group of, you know, four to 10,000 members. So people who may not be from Chandler or may not... It doesn't matter. These small groups. And people will type questions in these groups... Like, hey, where's a good dog groomer in the area? Hey, where's a good tanning salon in the area? Hey, just wondering if anybody knows um, a good auto mechanic in the area. All of these questions could be answered privately. Meaning, had this asshole not just opened up social media and asked this question to the world, to the internet it would have told the same answer because we get some mixed up. We think that I had a sneeze or something. Hold on a second. Sorry. I don't know. I just don't think we're asking the right question to the right device or person. So, anyways. I told you, it's freaking 11 p.m. I don't know anything. I, I haven't been talking to you. I'm sorry. I was in I was in Kansas City. I, I went to Kansas City again um, over the holiday to watch my brother sleep. Uh, James went with me. He slept the whole time, which is good. He needed his rest. And it was 4th of July. I love 4th of July. It's great. Um, wasn't the greatest trip for other reasons, but, you know, it was fine. Nothing crazy. Except for we left on, on the 4th. We left on Tuesday to come back to open up on Wednesday through Saturday um, at the shop. And... So, one, it was just a whirlwind trip, which is just what you do um, if you're – it's what you do. So you go take care of business on Saturday. When, when business is done, get in the car, drive a few hours to Kansas City, get there, you know, after dark, 10 o'clock or so, um, get the kids unloaded, check in with the family that's there, 
and then kind of go to bed and then you're off to the races the next day. It's not as if, I don't know, I guess, it's just weird. That's like living, you just live in all these weird universes. So for two days, you're like, I did, you're just a guy in Kansas City that's running around and going to Target and crap and buying pizza and fireworks. And then, you know, you say, you light a firework, it pops, you give your uncle a hug, get in the car, and the next, you're back at home and it's bedtime, and the next morning you're selling tacos again. And so it's like, did it even happen or... I think that's what it feels like for a lot of people. It's probably what weekends feel like for most people. It's one of the things if you don't, if you just kind of don't have a schedule and just kind of go every day, you feel like nothing, time is different. Time, you don't plan, I don't know, the same way. And I never have anyways, so. I guess the narrative that has been grating to me recently is the narrative that, oh my God, I just wish I could, I could stop being tethered to my phone. I just wish I was not handcuffed to my technology. And I just want to be like, you're not. Uh, put it down. Uh, Google things to do other than looking at my phone. And what they're going to say is this. Listen to a podcast, everybody. Turn a podcast on. Turn an audio book on. I listened to a f- bunch of audio books over the past month. Um, and I think it helps. I don't know what it, what it helps, but it definitely helps. It's better than not doing it, if that makes sense. So, anyways... Um, yeah, we got back. It's 4th of July night. And here's the thing, guys. I've never spent an actual 4th of July in Oklahoma. I'm, I've been gone on the day every year. So I've never been down here on the 4th. But we got back in at, at dusk. Uh, bedtime on the 4th of July down in Oklahoma in Prague and it was like it's lawless it is lawless in Oklahoma when it comes to fireworks in town it's almost as I don't even know how to explain it it's almost as if Certain things, like certain bits of I don't even know how to, okay, you know how when like you go to a rich person's house, I'm just gonna assume everybody that's listening to this is not rich. Um, but you go to a rich person's house, it's very proper, a very proper person's house and you feel uneasy and you feel like should, and they take their shoes off when you walk in and you, 
there's like rules and even a dress code or um, like certain rules of the house. That's the sitting room. That's the foyer. That's the grand library. Do not, you're not allowed to enter the grand library from the times of whatever. There's just rules. And so all of a sudden, you walk into a door. Every other door you walk into your whole life is like an Applebee's where you could literally just shit on a floor. It's a Tim Hortons, uh, that Canadian donut shop where that lady crapped on the floor. You know, everything else I walk into is poor people and you walk into as poor people, it doesn't matter because we're not allowed in the rich people. But for whatever Willy Wonka idea I have, you go in there and now you have this golden ticket and you go to this rich person's house and you realize there's rules. There's fucking rules. These guys are rich, but there's rules. And you realize, oh, maybe there's like a reasoning behind this. You know, like, sure, I think that maybe you don't have to be so strict. But then you go... What the hell do I know? I'm poor. Maybe they have a point. You know, some people do. Some people walk in like, ah, this isn't for me. And I've been there too. Like, ah, screw this. I'm not even going to be involved in this shenanigans. This is bullshit. But then there's that other part that's like, okay, what are these people doing that's different than me? That, and what it is, is it's, Uh, this minimization of it's it's using lessons learned from the past to help them continue moving forward if that makes sense so the rich people have rules about their house so they don't have to go back and fix the things in their house to make them the way that they like them because they pay for it and it's their comfort place and it's where all their efforts went to They don't want to have to go fix all that shit when you leave. So most of the time they don't even invite poor people. But when they do invite poor people, they give them a list of rules. Because they don't want to spend the time worrying about if their crap's going to get ruined by this poor person that's walking in. And maybe you'd be like, well, do they say it to the rich people? Probably not. Because they assume that other rich people live in their little stratosphere and they act like rich people are supposed to act. This is all an assumption. But then what I was thinking is, okay. So that's the case. But that style of life with the rules and the house rules and the um, maybe like the spa days and the get my car washed every week and have a house cleaner every... All this crap we don't understand as poor people. A lot of that crap, that fanciness, is myth to us. Meaning, we cut our own grass, dog. We clean our own house. We groom our own dogs. We cut our own hair. We make our own food. We grow our own food, depending on how far you get into the Midwest. Like, you're talking to the farmer in the Budweiser commercial. That kind of shit. Okay? A lot of this crap has not even trickled down. And what's going to happen, what happens is the actual um, extravagance, the actual technology, the actual, whatever the thing is that rich people have that poor people don't, the thing will get here first. So if rich people have people mow their yards for them, 
you'll get a lawn mowing business in your area before you even know that there is such a thing as a lawn mowing business. But what you don't understand is before it got to your area, everybody in an area north of you was already doing it. The whole town. Maybe everybody around you, depending on... I'm just using grass cutting as an example. So what I've noticed since being down in Oklahoma is there's a lot of like rules that aren't rules down here. And there's a lot of like uh, standards that aren't standards down here. And there's a lot of like ways of business that aren't even ways of business down here yet. Like it's still so new, certain things, whether it be like we don't shoot mortars off in town in Kansas. And people are like, why not? Ain't nothing dangerous about a mortar. <laughs> uh, we don't shoot mortars off in town in Kansas. It's illegal. Well, that's bullshit. How are they going to tell you when to shoot your mortar? Who? The police are going to tell you when to shoot your mortar? And they say you can't be in town? Well, that's where your house is. How are you going to be able to look at your house? It's like, yeah, well, what happened is a, you know, a mortar went up. It was fine. It didn't even malfunction. It just caught a tree on fire and then burned a house down and killed a family in our town. But they already had them outlawed in all the cities. Well, yeah, I understand cities. I just don't understand towns. It's like, you live in a town, right? Yeah. You just shot a live rocket mortar shell out of that tube right there that you bought for $17 from that meth head right there, right? Yeah. Are you 100% certain what it's going to do? I got no idea. Well, that's the part that we have an issue with. And so sometimes we bristle, those of us who... We don't like somebody telling us what to do that's obvious. Some of us that are like, yeah, of course I'm not going to shoot a mortar off next to my house. We don't understand that the reason that it's a damn law is because even... Because then I might have the caveat, but if I was to shoot a mortar off, I would do it in a safe way. The problem is not everybody. They're like, well, if that guy can do it, then I can do it. It's like, no, dumbass, because you're doing it underneath an umbrella right now. You're an idiot. You, you know, you don't know who the vice president is. You can't shoot a mortar off in town. Her name's Kamarla Harelip. And she's a good woman. And she should be president. So, I don't know. I guess it's very strange being like in Kansas City. And we're right by the hood when I'm in Kansas City. Right by the ghetto. It used to be. It's getting a little better. We're right by that ghetto. And it goes nuts. And it's people shooting guns and fireworks. And it's fun. But we're all up there. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Because... I think fireworks and that kind of stuff is marketed towards it's like a purge it's marketed towards people who I guess underprivileged but that's up there it's marketed towards underprivileged in Kansas City area in Oklahoma it's marketed towards the state to Oklahomans and when we got home, and if you want to see people proud to be from America, 
you come to Oklahoma on the 4th of July and you'll find out in these small towns because it continued. I mean, they've been shooting them off all week. It doesn't stop. So they're happy to be here in this country and I'm happy that they're here. Um, so, anyways, that was the week I, I don't know what I was talking about. I guess my point is maybe it would be okay if we all instead of trying to chase money if we were all trying to chase a standard of living that we thought was sufficient and then I think that sometimes we'd realize well that isn't that much to get that and that's, I'm still trying. Um, so I'm in the rat race like everybody else. It's 11 p.m. and I'm driving home to work tomorrow morning. So believe me, I understand that I am caught in the same loop. I'm just, right now, I'm peeling back the layers of why am I in this loop? And maybe I'll get to the end of it to realize you're in it, dog, and there ain't nothing you can do. Okay, well, that's fine too because I'm pretty happy where I am with it all um as happy as it can be really so i think that what we're going to do as far as the show goes and i hope that you guys are able to hear this i know that it's difficult to listen to a show as somebody drives um i've done it before listen to that kind of show and it is difficult but um i think what's going to happen what i'm mentally trying to do right now is figure out how I want to meld this little universe that we're all a part of, meaning this show and fans of the taco shop and patrons of the taco shop and friends of the taco, all that kind of stuff. How do we meld all this together into one package in a way that doesn't drive me crazy? And so I think what's going to happen is there's going to be the OK Taco Club, which you're already on right now. So if you're here, you don't have to do anything. But there's going to be the OK Taco Club on Patreon. And then what that means is this. The OK Taco Club, you'll get the OK Taco Show. So that will be brought to you by the OK Taco Club. Um, but you go to the OK Taco club on Patreon. You can listen to the OK Taco show, which is a weekly show that will have a set time and date moving forward once this time and date is set. I want it to be something that's consistently put out there. Uh, It's free. It's going to be free. It will be available on Patreon, and I would appreciate all the people who are paying on Patreon to continue uh, supporting me, but uh, the OK Taco show is going to be free. It's going to be a little bit more shop-related, meaning probably have stories from the shop or customer of the day or customer of the week. Or I'll try to infiltrate different things into that show. The Connie G show, or this show, will go back to being the Shed show. So the Connie G show will just be the Shed show, or vice versa. It is that. So the OK Taco Club will be the home 
of the OK Taco Show and the home of the Connie G Show. Or the Shed Show. I think I'm going to call it the... I don't know. I don't know. See, that's what I mean. I get confused and I don't know. And then I think about Conradio and I think about all the other things that we've done. Those guys from Wichita, Conrad and Jack. I'm Conrad. All these different things and I don't know how to... Because it doesn't matter. There, uh, in the sense of... It matters for branding. It matters for being able to get people on board with what we got going on down here, but creating some sort of package for them that's easily digestible that they can understand. Like, what do you guys do? It's like, oh, we try to do all this crazy stuff in this small town in Oklahoma. Um, We try to be goofy on social media to lighten people's moods. Um, we try to make decent tacos that are fair price. We try to help out the community in, in little ways, even if it's just being nice to people that maybe don't get to be nice to very much. Um, try to build a park and stuff for kids, a little bit more to do. And I do a show where I try to talk about just a different perspective on things, like different thoughts on things and try not to like be hateful about people who disagree with that, but just be like, here's a way to think of it, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, and so I do that show. I wanted to do a show, and in order to do so, I built this tiny world around it. With the help of Shannon, um, in a lot of it. And without his help, in a lot of it. And I think... I don't know where that's going to go, but as far as you and me and our relationship as I am Conrad and you are the nice people that are listening to me talk tonight, um, I just want I want it to be easier for you and myself to be able to explain what it is that I do so you can help me spread the show, but it's not even the show. It's more like just a different kind of mindset, uh, just an escape. Spread the escape. Like, that not everybody, or maybe everybody is crazy, and here's proof. Listen to Conrad. He's just as crazy as anybody else. He sits around and thinks that people should be using technology to figure out how to get off technology because all the answers on how to not need technology are right there on how to farm and how to grow animals and how this, and we don't even use it for that even though that's all we need. So, and I had this really crazy thought about how the pyramids were built, okay? And maybe that's a lot. It's probably too much to be telling you right now as I'm pulling into my driveway in Oklahoma, but I do appreciate you guys listening, and I, my goal is to have two shows a week, one of them out of the shed as I'm drinking my, my vodka drink, as I've always done, um... And one of them out of the taco shop with guests and Thick James and food stuff. And and sell them both on the OK Taco Club and give them away for free and whatever. It doesn't matter. Try to make a living doing this as what I do. But it'll take time and it'll take effort and that's okay. I have... All the time in the world, I have every day, all day, and I have 
an endless amount of effort. So, with that being said, thank you for listening. Um, tell a friend, you know, it's a show to make them not think that they're crazy. That there is other ways to look at things. And that maybe the worst way to ever look at them is the way everybody's telling you to look at them. Who knows? With that being said, don't let your meat loaf. Have an okay day.